Let's pray. Father, I pray we'll have ears to hear the word, that we'll listen and take in what you have to say to us, Lord. We thank you for your word, that it is powerful. We thank you for your word, that it is life-changing. We thank you that your word is truth and overcomes anything else. We want to bless you for that. Holy Spirit, we pray, bring revelation of your word in Jesus' name. Lord, we just step into heaven now. Lord, we engage you that your word will become life, that we abide in you and your word abides in us. You said from there we can ask whatever we want. We want to see Jesus. We want to be in your presence. We want to have all of you. So we engage you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 13. This is Jesus talking. You can tell because it's red. Verse 1, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together him, so he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Isn't Jesus clever? Do you know that water is a natural amplifier? That's why Jesus got in the boat. Because going out onto the water, as he spoke, it actually bounces off the water and amplifies up the hill. Pretty cool, eh? Smart. First PA system. Then he spoke many things to them in parables and said, Behold, a soul went out to sow. Now, I need some help. I can't tell this story without some help. So I need Amy and those smaller than Amy. (laughs) We're going to need some bigger ones too. That's all right. We need bigger ones too. So can I get all the kids to come and help me with this story? All those under the age of 10 or under the age of 15, I should say. And those who think they're under the age of 15, or those who wish they're under the age of 15, or should we make it 14, because Ben's got two more days for his 15, or three more days. Okay, come on in together, let's do this. Are we doing it? Now, I need a sower. All right, tell her you can be a sower, come here. I need Amy for something else. All right. So now what the sower did was they would, they would have a bag hanging over their shoulder, and down here, and they would have this big sack here full of seed, right? And they would walk along in the field and they would throw the seed out over the field that they'd already ploughed, okay? So you think you can walk around and sow some seed for me? What? Ah! Here's what I prepared earlier. All right, now don't sow seed until I say sow seed, all right? But it's got to go through three lots, so don't throw too much in the first one. All right, I need a bird. Who's going to be my bird? All right, Jacob. What do birds do when they see seed? They eat it, don't they? All right, so our soul is going to sow some seed, and you're going to be my bird. And what are you going to do with the seed? Don't put it in your mouth, all right? Use your hand like a peck, because it's not real seed. Just like this, like this. So go like this when the seed comes out. Can you do that for me? All right. Have you got a monkey there? We'll help you. Chipmunk. There. All right. So, where are we? So, behold, the soul went out to sow, and as she sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. Throw some seed. And the birds came and devoured it. Yum, 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 yum. Eat it up, bird. Eat it up, bird. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now, I need some wheat. Going to be some wheat? <laughs> All right. Are you a really good actor? All right. <laughs> Can you do that for me? <laughs> so when she puts the seed down, you have to spring it. All right? So you have to follow her when she puts the seed out. You have to go where the seed is and go. Can you do that for me? All right, you ready? All right, here we go. So some fell on the stony places. Throw the seed. And when they didn't have much earth, they sprang up quickly. But because they had no root, they withered away. <laughs> Um, and some fell among the thorns. This is where I need Amy. All right. Can you two be some more wheat for me? I need, anyone else can be my wheat? I need some more wheat. All right. But I need, I need you guys to grow like this tall so Amy can stand over you, all right? All right. You ready? Next one. Here we go. Here we go. And some fell among the thorns. Throw, that, throw the seed. Throw the seed. Throw the seed. All right. And they sprang up. And they sprang up. Spring up. Spring up. Oh, but the thorns sprang up and choked them. <laughs> All right, I need some more wheat for this one. Don't go away, Amy. You can be my good wheat now. But others fell on good ground. And they yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Yay! <laughs> All right, thank you very much. He who has ears to hear, the bird's eating the seed up again. <laughs> All right. And the disciples said, and said, Why do you speak in parables? And he said to them, Because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Did you know that? You've been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to some it hasn't been given. For whoever has to him more will be given. He will have abundance. But whoever doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away. Therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing they don't see and hearing they don't hear nor they understand. So it's really important to actually take time and have a soft heart so you can hear. All right. So let's talk about what the parable means, shall we? Sunday morning too. Verse 18. So therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone only hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That's the birds. All right? This is he who receives the seed by the wayside. But he received the seed on stony ground, who receives the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. When tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. I want to talk about faith. Because 
I keep seeing situations over the last few weeks where I'm sort of going, where's faith gone? Where's faith gone in the church? And sometimes even among us, where's faith gone? Because Hebrews 11.1 says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Now think about that. It's a substance of what you hope for. So it's not what you have already. It's the evidence of what is unseen. That what looks impossible, what can't happen, what just looks like there's no way that can occur. That's where faith comes in. If I said to you, you know what, you're going to eat lunch today. Does it require you any faith to think, I'm going to have lunch today? Why not? Because you know that you have the ability to provide food for yourself, right? Yes? If I said to you, you're going to have a million dollars today, someone's going to hand you a nice check. Philip's got one hour, by the way, if you're wondering. But if you're going to, if someone's going to hand you a million dollars, would you believe that? You don't know what to answer, do you? <laughs> Which is really important that you don't know what to answer. You see, you don't have faith to expect that. Right? Because you can't see how it's going to happen. And that's okay. Because faith actually comes, and this is where people get a bit mixed up with faith. Faith has to actually comes through the Word of God. If you don't have a word from God on it, then you can't put your faith to it. Does that make sense? So you have no reason to expect a million dollars because you have not been given a word to add faith towards receiving that. That doesn't mean that God can't bless you because it says in Deuteronomy 28, he says that these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. So I'm not ruling it out. Hey, just don't forget your tithe. It's good to sow into your pastor, you know, these sort of things. But this is an important part of faith, and this is what he's talking about here. He's talking about the Word of God and the Word of God having effect. And the Word of God has effect in that if you take it in, it then builds faith because you need to have faith based on the Word of God. Now, in the first situation where he talks about the Word of God and it falls on stony ground and the birds eat it, what he's saying is that you have no capacity in your heart to receive a Word, that you have hardened your heart. And that may be too generally towards salvation overall. Some people have a hard heart, that they can sit in a meeting and hear the gospel. The person next to them can fall on their face weeping and they can sit there stony-hearted and untouched because they have... No capacity in them to receive that. And that's why when you're praying for somebody, you need to pray before you go and share the gospel. Because praying softens their heart. It's the same in an area of maybe of healing or in finances. You know, some people are in church and they're saved, but they can't understand a capacity of God who heals. They think sicknesses for them is like a trial. That sickness is something they have to go through. And so they've hardened their heart to that aspect of God. Some people do it with finances. Some people do it with relationships. They do it in different areas. They're stony ground. Okay? And this is why we have to always have a soft heart towards God. This is why it's, it's powerful to go and ascend into heaven and get revelation because he says, was it Peter, Paul wrote further on saying that, maybe it was Peter, 
that you have no need for anyone to teach you because the Holy Spirit will teach you. And that is why we ascend into heaven, is to, is to govern and to receive teaching straight from heaven. Because while you're in heaven, your heart is soft. While you're in heaven, you're open, and God can open up new areas to you that you didn't think possible before. And plant a seed in there that then that faith grows and produces. Now some people, the seed gets in there, and it shoots up quickly. You know, I've seen people get saved like this. They come in and they're excited. Oh, God's so fantastic. I'm saved. And, and then two weeks later, they're gone. Because a little bit of pressure comes on. You know, they lose the excitement because the soil is shallow. And you can get this again in, in so many areas. You know, they hear a message on healing and people get excited about it. But then all the old stuff of the world comes back in and it burns it out. Life burns it out. And they lose it. Maybe you're looking for a financial breakthrough. The word of God comes in and you hear the word and you go, yes, that's right. And you're right. It is right. But the pressures of the world come in and you lose sight because you start to look at the pressure, not at God. And it's easy to do. This is what we say to you. You have to keep putting in and keep putting in and keep putting the word of God in Because you have to replace what was there. You have to soften your heart. As you put in the Word of God on a constant basis and you focus in on a certain area, it starts to change how you think. And how you think then allows more room for your heart to receive that seed. Because the Bible tells us how you believe with your heart, not with your head. And that's a really important aspect. Mark 11. Let's go there. Let's go there. Because you can't preach on faith without being in Mark 11. Don't know if it's possible, is it? Mark 11, from verse 22. Have we opened our apps up there yet? So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, or have a God kind of faith, or have the faith of God, is what that she says. All right, because you've been given the faith of God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt where? In his heart. Not in your head. Your head can be screaming at you that it's stupid, that it's ridiculous. Why are you doing this? But what's your heart say? See, Romans tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may know God's good, pleasing, perfect will. In other words, your mind needs to start following. Because when he talks about your heart, he's talking about your spirit connection to God. Yeah? Whereas your mind tends to go the way of the flesh, the way of logic, the way of working it out. But the things of God are beyond what you can work out. So you have to sometimes ignore your head to follow your heart. Unless you're doing footy tipping. It doesn't work. (laughs) Someone said to me, how can you tip against your team? And I said, well, if I go back about five years when they won the wooden spoon, if I tipped them that year, I would have lost the footy tipping kill. I'm not being disloyal. I passionately support my team. 
but I also have a mind that works things out and says they ain't going to win. <laughs> Although yesterday they should have, but let's not go there. All right, anyway, back to the point. I mean, you're a doctor supporter, you can never tip with your heart. <laughs> not really. It was one year. <laughs> hey, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man of faith, there you go. <laughs> All he needs is a word from God. <laughs> All right. But it says it doesn't doubt in your heart, but believes the things he says. And this is where you've got to learn to speak out of your heart, not out of your mind. Because your mind will tell you that you can't. And sometimes if you can't speak out of your mind, you need to just zip your mouth. All right? If you're in a situation, you're going, oh, no, this is, you know, you see someone who's sick and you start to think, oh, oh, no, just zip it. Just shut up. If they want to talk, let them talk, but don't agree with them. I've had situations where someone's talking and they're going in their stuff and I thought, I'm being really rude here, not saying anything, but I can't think of anything good to say. And I would rather say nothing and be rude in that person's eyes than speaking against what God's doing. Because I wasn't in a good place myself. I was, you know, having a tough day and I just, my mind was going on. I thought, just shut up. And sometimes we just need to shut up and stop speaking and doing the work of the devil by speaking the rubbish. Yeah? Because it comes out of your heart. So if you're looking... For God to do something, you have to change how you see and start to move from your heart. The third area is the things of the world come in and choke it. And this is where you get your eyes off God and you start to see. And this is where things like maybe you're believing for a financial miracle and you see someone else prospering and doing well and you think, well, you think they're prospering and doing well. And it's really easy to get offended or to get jealous. And start going, God, why do they get it? Why is this happening to them? Why do they get the blessing? Why did this go them? And that's where the things of this world, or you start to make a decision and say, well, rather than doing what I should be doing with God or going this way, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to get a job where I've got to work every Sunday and every Monday night, and so I'm never going to be at home. That's all right, I can listen to it. It doesn't matter, I don't have to be there. Or God is saying, I want you to step into this, and you think, oh, I can't live on that. That's not enough money, and so I'm going to go back and do this job. Yeah? <laughs> See? Power of agreement. All right? That is what it means. It's when you start to let the things of the world come before what God says. And Satan will try and do that. He likes to divide. That's his plan. He will divide you from what God has for you. And then what happens is the things that will come in and choke you out and suddenly, you know, you've got other things. There's always something else to do. All right? You've got to find that balance in there. You know, we looked at it with Ben. I've got to go in a minute. But, you know, Ben with his soccer and every game for him was on a Sunday. And we had to sit down and really work that through. That was a struggle for us because, I mean, I was brought up, you don't be anywhere else but church on a Sunday morning. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, that's a good thing, all right? But the only play he can play and the only way he can progress in his career in that area is actually to go on a Sunday morning game. 
And we had to really struggle and work through that. And we sat down with some wise counsel. We didn't just make that decision around. We went to wise counsel. This was a big deal for us. Because being in the house of God is important. But we also knew that we were starting a Monday night and that he would be there on a Monday night. We also, so we made sure there were things in place to make sure he was connecting with God. All right? But I still struggle. I mean, I'm about to duck out the door now and take him to a game. And I'm struggling with that. I struggle every Sunday when I have to do it. Well, not every Sunday. But when we have to do it. But you've got to watch the things of the world don't come in, but you've also got to watch that legalism doesn't come in. And there's a hard line sometimes. You've got to, sometimes you swing like a pendulum trying to find that middle ground, yeah? So watch that. Watch, watch the legalism, but also watch the liberality. You know, Paul says everything's permissible, but not everything's good for us. If he was struggling in his faith, I would have said, not on your life. You're here on Sunday morning. But he's not. He's walking with God. He's passionate about God. He believes that this is part of his calling. And he works hard at it. It's not just a Sunday thing for him. He'll train, what, four or five times a week at the moment. Because he believes it's what God has for him, but he also does it in balance. You know what I mean? And that's where you've got to watch that. Watch the legalism, but watch the over-liberality. Because what's right for somebody else may not be right for you. It's, it is right for him, but it may not. I wouldn't just say it's right for everybody. Yeah? The fourth area is the good soil. And that's where you persevere through that. That you keep a soft heart. You keep putting the word on. When the pressure comes in, when the heat is there, when the things of the world come to push it out, you keep going back to the word of God and back to the word of God. And if you drop the ball, just go back to the word of God. Go back to the word of God. Go back to what he said to you. Keep speaking it. Keep speaking it until you see the fruit come through. You know he has salvation for you. I don't think anyone in the room has a doubt about that. But he has healing for you. He has financial blessing and abundance for you. He has a plan and a purpose for you and he has a word that goes with every area of your life that he wants to bless you in. So as we continue to ascend into God, don't put down the word of God. Some people have done that in this move. Not in this room, but in this whole move. They've lost the fact that it comes through salvation in Jesus Christ and based upon his word. And this, what we're doing in engaging heaven should engage you back into the word of God. And into his promises. Not out of them, but more and more into it. Because he said in John 15, if you abide in me and my word abides in you. Because Jesus abides in his word. And if that abides in you, he says, then you can ask whatever you want. Because you're in the place where his DNA is yours and yours is his. Yeah? Walk that blessing. I think it's a great place for us to just worship, yeah? So let's do that.